I V M. Hi guys, welcome to episode eight of Edges and Sledges. We're in the second week of the IPL, so today's topics will be focused around that. I have my co-bloggers with me, uh, DJ from London, Ashwin again. He's still in China uh, on holiday, and myself Varun from Singapore. And today we've got another special guest continuing with our trend over the last two weeks. So just to recap, in week one we had uh, Vishnu Mohan talking about Chennai. In week two we had Rohan Narula talking about Punjab. And this week we've got Siddharth Podar talking a little bit about Rajasthan. A pod. So um, pod, as we call him, right? Pod and I go back a long way. We studied together. I, I hate to say this right to DJ Nashwin, but if there is a bigger cricket fan than the three of us. It is Siddharth Podar. He, he he has memories. He knows stats. He knows things off the top of his head. Pod has joined me in Singapore for the sessions with both Murli Tharan and Virinder Sehwag, and probably knew more stats than Murli himself for one of the questions. And I definitely have to bring up one uh, incident that Pod and I remember vividly, which is we went to watch a game at the Oval in 2011, and we went and India was batting eight down, and Amit Mishra and Sachin Tendulkar were batting. That's a rather embarrassing one. <laughs> yeah, this is embarrassing. Amit Mishra and Sachin Tendulkar were batting, and there was a glorious cover drive, and Pod and I both kind of looked at each other and said, "Wow, man, Sachin really hit that well," and only to find that that was Amit Mishra's glorious cover drive. So. Pod, I think there's still a lot we can learn. But uh, welcome, welcome to the show, Pod. Uh, today we want to talk to you a little bit about Rajasthan Royals. Before we get into too many things about this season, tell us a little bit about your journey with Rajasthan Royals. I know you've supported them since year one. What are your thoughts about the team? So I mean, it, it started off in a in a very simple way, so to speak, right? So the IPL was starting off, and and none of us really knew what it's going to be. It was all exciting. We had done it all before in book cricket, through class, you know, to see. All kinds of players playing together. So when the tournament started, I didn't really have much of any allegiances, so to speak, right? As any of us. But I don't know. I suppose I suppose a couple of things. One, because I'm Nepalese, I don't live in India, so I suppose I hail from Rajasthan. So that was one reason why it was Rajasthan Royals, and and the second was it was being captained by Vaughn, and who's you know one of my favorite cricketers of all time. So so there was just something about it. it it had a weaker team to start with, and so the underdog syndrome, I suppose, all of these put together, and nobody else was supporting Rajasthan. That was a big factor as well, right? So that that gives that makes it fun. So that's how it started watching it, and and I've have followed it over the years. Have followed it over the years. Of course, the last couple of years were quite annoying because they weren't there, but deservedly so. And so yeah, in the last couple of years, it was Pune because they had sort of there was some sort of a semblance. To what Rajasthan's team was, and this season's been a middling season so far, but still long way to go. Awesome. And Paul, how I, I know you are a huge fan of Dravid and Rahane, and how how big has that influence been on the Rajasthan Royals journey over the last kind of eleven years for you? For me, that's a difficult one to put in, right? Because there are various facets to it, right? One. Two, they are two of my favorite cricketers. I'd like Ran is still very young into the role. I'd like to speak more about Dravid, and so one of my favorite cricketers, and I suppose all of us. But so the difficult one here is that there were times when I myself questioned whether whether he should be in the team, right? But at the same time, with the team that Rajasthan had, I still think that he was probably the best guy to be leading them. I don't think he had the results. Don't show, and you know this whole spot fixing thing happened. Under his watch, so to speak. So that was a bit of a dampener. But 
yeah, it was a left field call to bring him in. And I suppose the objective was to build a team over the longer term. But then the spot fixing scandal sort of nipped that in the bud and they're back to square one again. So, you know, I mean, I think it's there to be seen in how Dravid was the mentor for Delhi last season. How some of the youngsters were being given opportunities. So I, I have fond memories of that. But with Rane, it's still too early to say, you know, and he was receiving a lot of criticism. But in the last two games, he seems to have stepped up. But again, it's just four games in it's still early days. Yeah. Not convinced about his captaincy, though. Okay, fair enough. I think he's doing well at the top of the order. But let me move a little bit to DJ. So, DJ, how big or how badly do you think Rajasthan Royals is missing Steve Smith? I mean, number one batsman in the world, captain of Australia and would have been captain of the Rajasthan Royals. It's a, it's a big loss. An excellent fielder as well. And we know a fielder's worth maybe 10-15 runs in some games. So, they are missing Steve Smith a lot. I don't know. I just want to jump, jump the gun here. But I'm, I really don't think Rajasthan is missing Steve Smith. Because if I look at the lineup, it's the first question is who does he replace, right? So I, I I get it. I mean, yeah, he would have probably been made a better captain, perhaps. I don't know. As a fielder, of course, but as a batsman, I'm not so sure. Wouldn't he just take Darcy Short's place? I wouldn't have Darcy Short in the in the first place. So, <laughs> so what he would have been one of the other guys, Joshua Archer or somebody. So, so, were you happy when uh, Klassen replaced him? And and do you, let me ask you the question: Do you think Klassen should have opened, considering we uh, we saw him playing in South Africa in a in a different position? No, not really. I you know I'll borrow borrow from one of the conversations we had with one of your with the guests on your last podcast, Rohan, and you know where we talked about and this is exactly what he had said that you know Tripathi should open, Klassen should come into the middle order, and I sort of tended to agree with that. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, I think Rajasthan's got Tripathi, they've got Rahane. I think their middle order is, is pretty good. Before we get to the bowling, uh, DJ, Ben Stokes, hit or a miss so far? I think he's been a bit of an edge, that guy. He's uh, obviously a big, big player. Fantastic last year for Pune. Uh, I think he, he was, he may have been man of the IPL last year. Uh, but he had just hasn't performed. I mean, not only for not only for his IPL team, but he hasn't performed for any of the people who picked him in his fantasy team, which is definitely more important. So I've I've been leaving him out for the last few games, and I'm sure you guys have as well. Yeah, in fact, it's interesting. I was chatting with uh, uh, my friend yesterday, and he was saying the problem with Ben Stokes is he always looks like he's about to get into a bar fight. So I don't know if uh, if he's hitting the bars in India or not, but. Um, yeah, but I think from my perspective, Ben Stokes has been a, a bit of a miss. I think it's early, but uh, you don't want him to be that guy who hits that one century every IPL but doesn't contribute enough. To be fair, I think he has bowled well, but uh, but he just one, one century in an IPL, not so sure. He won four man of the matches last season. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so there you have it from. But he shouldn't bowl at the death. Fair. Okay, fair enough. So, that's a good segue into the bowling. So, let me ask Ashwin, right? What's happening with the bowling? I mean, there are guys we've never heard of. Shreyas Gopal, Gautam. There is Dhawar Kulkarni, who's known to be one of the, uh, I mean, an upcoming Indian bowler. And then, I think probably the most expensive pick of the IPL so far, Jaydev Anatkar, who who is getting a bit of flack for his price point. So, Ashwin, any thoughts? First off, on the question of what's happening with the bowling. I think, for me, the simplest way to summarize what's very visibly happening is that 
the young Indian batsmen continue to struggle against seam, the, the, the quick swinging bouncing ball, and overseas batsmen are just really, really struggling to pick the spinners. I mean, the Delhi match is on as we record this, and Jason Roy came out and just could not read the ball, the either the, just the stock leg break from Jusvendra Chahal. You know, basically, most of the overseas batsmen have struggled against the spin delivery, and the Indian batsmen are struggling against the quick seaming delivery from, uh, you know, whether it's a Trent Bolt or even a Bhuvneshwar Kumar. So it, it, they're going to need to up their game, right? We are starting to see captains hold their spinners until the, the overseas batsmen come in. Dhoni did that pretty effectively against uh, when Stokes, was, Stokes and Butler were coming in. So they're starting to do that. On the discussion, just quickly, of Jadeva Natkat, my perspective on this is he didn't ask for that kind of price. It was an auction process. Not more than one team bid on him. There were many rounds of bids. It's very interesting because uh, Alsha Bhogle tweeted as well in support of uh, Nadkat saying that, you know, they bid for him. If he had asked for this price and that this was his performance, it would have been a different issue. But they did bid for him. Pod, any thoughts on the bowling so far? Uh, about Nadkat, like Ashwin was just mentioning, right? People always seem to think that Rajasthan overpaid by paying whatever, I think, I forget the sum, 2.1, 2 million or thereabouts. But I think what, what people don't realize is that if the auction, if the price reached that high, there was another team that was willing to pay whatever, 1.9 or something for him. Right. So, but I agree. I I don't think I don't think warranted that kind of money. Not that surprised because every IPL, a couple of times, a couple of players go for that kind of money, and and he's he did pretty decently for India in a couple of T20 games that he played. But again, not a large enough sample size. About the bowling at large, you've asked Garg. I think I think the big challenge is a lack of quality generally. I was going to say spin, but I think it also applies to the fast bowling. Stokes is a little off colour. He's never been a an express, a bankable bowler, so to speak, right? So I don't think Rajasthan's got even one. I, I think they expected Unadkat to be that bowler. About the spin, Gopal's pretty good. He's done quite well over the years in the Ranji Trophy. I haven't seen seen him play that much but when he was picked this at the beginning of the season I was looking at the stats and he's got a pretty good record yeah? 35 with the bat 25 26 with the ball first class cricket is I think pretty respectable and he's done okay he's done okay so far but yes I think I think Dhawal Kulkarni should play all the games but they are very light on their bowling and I don't know how much difference Archer could make and yeah they're, they're quite light on their bowling at this point spin pace both yeah fair enough I think I think that's a good point. Archer, I think people are waiting to see if he's going to come in. So, DJ, last point about Rajasthan Royals. Are they a team with too many openers? I don't know what your view is there. Rahane has uh, been getting a bit of flack for his slow starts and they say that he, he shouldn't be opening the batting. But, I mean, what is too many openers in, in any form of the game? There they can only ever be two people open the batting. So, I think you could have five openers playing from one to five and they would still not be too many openers because your best batsmen need to play the maximum number of overs. I think the, the question I had for Pod maybe is, um, is, does Rahane justify his spot in that lineup? Or is he there as the Indian captain that will play every game? And is he kind of just making up the numbers? Or is there a, a case for him to actually be playing in the 11? With the squad that they have, I think he merits a place in the team. Okay. Again, it's it's a matter of even within that squad, what is the bench strength looking like in terms of an Indian batsman? I'm actually not even aware of who are the other Indian batsmen in the in the squad at large. I don't know that. I don't know who is there who could potentially replace him. But again, you know, like DJ mentioned, you know, how many openers is too many openers. There is a view that Tripathi should open. He's probably best suited to that position. 
perhaps yeah. at the same time i think rahane is also best suited to that position with one there i don't know how much you know how much of influence he enjoys and how much he's there just to enjoy the adulation you know that is always a question mark but but i don't know how much of a say he has and if he has a large say then you never know you may just see rahane coming into the middle order at some point but yeah i don't think they're going to change that Okay, fair enough. So that's a good, uh, good discussion on the Rajasthan Royals. Uh, I think for all our listeners, I think let's do a quick uh, summary on the week so far in the IPL. So let me pass it over to DJ to just give us a bit of a summary. Yeah, so I'm I'm just going to go through the uh, the game since we were last live, which was last Sunday, and the game that you remember we had Rohan online with us, and we were talking about the Kings Eleven Punjab. At that very moment, they were playing the the CSK. Mahendra Singh Dhoni was batting, and he made 79 not out in a chase of uh, over 190. On one leg, Dhoni nearly got them there, finishing it off in style with the six, but they fell four on short, which meant that the Kings Eleven Punjab won that game. Chris Gale was the man of the match with his 63. The next game was Kolkata Knight Riders versus the Delhi Daredevils. Rana and Russell smashed the Delhi Daredevils bowlers to all parts. It wasn't a great game if you were a Daredevils fan. Uh, they fell short by 71 runs. Again, kind of adding to the gloom of the Daredevils. On the other hand, Mumbai won their first game against RCB by 46 runs. Rohit Sharma came to the party finally. Still, they batted first. Sharma scored 94. His counterpart Virat Kohli scored 92, not out, which was a bit interesting because he said that he knew that the game was lost after the De Villiers wicket was gone, but he didn't want to fall too far behind on the net run rate because the last few IPLs have gone to the net run rate, and he is already kind of thinking towards the end of the game, which. That's interesting because he said he wasn't trying to win the match because he thought that was already gone. Rajasthan Royals versus KKR again. KKR, the strong team that they are. Nitish Rana was the man of the match. They beat them by seven wickets. And then the two centuries in the uh, in the IPL back to back. Chris Gale, the universe boss, scores 104 against Sunrisers, handing the Sunrisers their first loss of the year. And then Shane Watson, another old horse and favorite of Varun's when it comes to trumping people in fantasy, scores 106 uh, to beat Rajasthan Royals by 64 runs. And this morning we saw a um, a fantastic kind of demo- demolition job done by Chris Gale and Rahul on the KKR bowlers they chased down their Duckworth Lewis target of 120 odd with 11 balls to go and Kings 11 Punjab looking really strong having breached the uh, fortress of the Eden Gardens so that's kind of a very quick summary of how things have gone for the weekend i'll just hand back to varun to um, kind of highlight the things he wanted to talk about from the past week yeah, awesome thanks dj so it's interesting the points table as it stands now kings 11 punjab is rank 1 they've played 5 and 1/4 followed by chennai super kings then kolkata night riders and the teams at the bottom actually unfortunately are playing right now so bangalore versus delhi it doesn't seem to be a great game what team do you support I support players, my friend. I support fantasy, but <laughs> no, I'm a Delhi Daredevils fan, and it's not been looking good for the last 11 years. So that's that's been sad. But Paul, let me ask you a question. When we when we started talking about the IPL, we talked about Chennai being a team of you know having a very high average age, and and I mean personally, I'm just talking on my behalf. It's completely shocked me. the team structure the guys in the team i don't want to kind of ask you the question in a particular way but what have you thought about chennai super kings i'll be very honest with you not at all surprised for i don't think it's even an exaggeration to say it doesn't look like they were out of it for two years because they've come back with a team that at its core is largely the same if i just think of the core of chennai the core players i think the one person that they're missing and not missing the one person that is not there but they aren't missing is ashwin which i think is great for the ipl because i think he's 
easily the most watchable team for me personally this ipl has been punjab quite easily the most watchable most refreshing approach has been that of punjabs and it's taken 10 years to say something like that about that team whatever ashwin's done and i don't think it's sehwag he was there last year as well it has to do something with the captaincy of course of course it helps when you have players like gil and rahul in the kind of form they are but chennai honestly to me hasn't surprised me as much i was a bit surprised with watson's 100 didn't expect him to get that many i think to me he is of that age now where i think he frequently get you know i was of the opinion he frequently get 30s or 40s and pick up still a very 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 smart bowler and i mean i probably would play him as a bowler alone in t20 cricket so to me that's how much he brings as a batsman right i think if you look at his stats he never goes for more than 30 never very rarely and he'll always pick up a wicket or two so i think he's very so it's not surprised me as much as as much as it surprises a lot of people and i think people have gone by age but you look at the older people in this team besides watson have generally been the fittest members of their teams for a long time whether it's dhoni or it's bravo so not not very surprised so interesting point i think the the the, the biggest takeaway from me from what you said is actually does a team culture and the core of a team uh, have a big influence exactly. on how they perform because again i'm not i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but Jadeja, Raina, these guys are not firing, but the core of the team and what Stephen Fleming and uh, Dhoni have actually created uh, is being talked about. And Watson himself came out and alluded to the fact that they've created a great team culture. So uh, similar with Punjab, I think uh, it, it's a very interesting point that you, maybe you just don't need rock stars in the team. You need a, a strong unit and a strong culture. And interesting, you talked about age. Uh, that was going to be one of my next questions. So let me try going to Ashwin if he can hear us. Is IPL a young man's game is t20 a young man's game or is it something different because we've seen gale and watson kind of come out and smash uh, it in the last two days gale had three back to back half centuries one of which was a century watson made a century which i haven't seen from him in quite a long time so obviously lots of great stuff from both of them two two key, key insights from me the first is you know there seems to be a linking back to culture gale watson and rahul what they have in common this year is they're all dropped by rcb or abandoned by rcb and that's fascinating when you really think about it right rcb's at the at the bottom of the table and they let go of these three players who are dominating in their new teams the second thing i think 2 weeks ago when we talked about what are we most excited about with the ipl i said i i love seeing the new faces the new blood markande had a good start dj actually said i i i like the opposite i like seeing the old players come back the rhinas the old blood and so i was doing a little bit of digging and i remember if you go back to 2009 the first season of the ipl two of the most successful bowlers in that season were shane warne age 39 and anil kumble age 38 and almost 39 and so coming into that we said what is going is this tournament just where they you know like where they used to play asia 11 versus world 11 where retired players come to just get one last try is that what the ipl is going to be and kumble i remember took a spell of five wickets for five runs which till date is the third best IPL bowling performance ever the best ever five wicket haul so it just it leaves something to be said that hey in a 20 over format there is obviously a ton of importance of temperament experience just having been there before and being able to manage the situation and i think that's what gail is showing you i mean gail is not leaving 
anything left unsaid at the press conferences if you watch any of them. But that's what they're showing you is that the experience they bring, the years of T20 and 50 over cricket really mean something. And I'm the first to be proven wrong on that. I always support the young blood. I didn't have Gale in my team. I didn't have Watson in my team. So I've fallen behind in our fantasy league. But the reality is that the data and the history shows that experience and temperament means a lot even in the shorter format great and i think i think that's interesting i have to share one st- very quick story right rohan and i were sitting here and he was picking his team and um, and and you know he was asking me you know i've already got watson but should i trump watson and i said dude why would you trump watson like he might uh, get you one wicket but why would you trump watson and rohan asked me dude what if he scores a century and i was like dude, there is no way he is going to score a century and uh, Rohan hasn't spoken to me since last night properly, but uh, yeah. But but uh, interesting about fantasy, I can see my friend uh, DJ smiling. He's at the top of the league by quite a distance. I had Watson Trump, right? Old is gold. How, how do you I had Watson Trump too. Ford <laughs> <laughs> had Gale and Watson. How does it feel? It must be unusual for you, man. Over the last 10 years, uh, being top for such a long period of time, how does it feel? So I've won it a couple of times, if you don't remember. I mean, see, I wasn't the one making the claims that I've always finished in the top three in the last uh, decade. There was someone who said that, and I don't know who it was. But they're so far below, I can't quite see them anymore. Yeah, it's a bit embarrassing that even though phone screens are getting bigger, I still have to scroll down to find my team. <laughs> so it uh, it really is a bit embarrassing on that front. Yeah, but, but yes. what are your plans to make a comeback now, Varun? I'm, I'm keen to understand what the PHSAVAR uh, moment is going to be. What is, what is the plan? The plan is to use the 2x multiplier very effectively. And I've got my Excel files out. I've got my uh, thinking cap on. The 2x multiplier, which starts tomorrow. Guys, you better watch out for that. Because I, I heard you were planning to leave the league and then come back once you've made up the points. Is that what the plan is still? No. or uh, uh, That's not honorable. It wouldn't be the first time someone's what, done what, that. What is this multiplier? Pod and everyone else who's watching who plays fantasy, this uh, the version that we're playing, which is the official IPL T20 site, basically, after ga- between game 20 and 56, it allows you five opportunities to double your points for the entire game. So that is actually game-changing because, Pod, like you mentioned, you had Watson and Gail Trump over the last two days, which got you 1,000 points. If you had switched on your 2x multiplier for both those games, you would have probably been at 2,000 points. So the I, idea is to fill your team on a particular day with seven or eight people who are playing and then use your 2x. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. yeah, and you've got to make sure both your trumps perform on that day. So that would be... Um, I mean, You if can would do that for five power. games. Even Varun yeah. might come within a thousand pound, po- points of like the next person then. We'll all move another thousand points ahead. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but at one stage in the week, Ashwin and I were uh, one and two in the league. Sadly, that uh, Jody has been broken. But um, Ashwin has also once finished number six in the world. So I wouldn't write uh, any of the one tip one hand bloggers off yet. Yeah, not at all. And in fact, I do have to say one more anecdote about that. When I told somebody once, some work colleague, that my brother finished six in the world, they said, wow, what did he win? Did he win like a car or something? And I was like, no, he just like got bragging rights for like two days. And so he took like, a screenshot and it's up on his yeah. office workplace desk. Oh, I wish it was a car and I heard DJ say pounds instead of points by mistake, but unfortunately, there's no money. It is just about the personal glory. But guys, so fantasy has been fun. Let me ask all three of you one question. It is on my mind. Rahul is outperforming, right? India has got a gap in the middle order. Is Rahul 
the next opener and should Rohit Sharma be moved down to number four? I'm trying to ask this question and get a reply from you guys without any emotion, pure based on performance and the need for the Indian cricket team in the ODI space moving forward. So let me ask Pod first. Pod actually was the one who told me that Rohit Sharma should open many years ago. So I'm very interested to hear Pod's view. So yeah, so I stick with that. I think Rohit Sharma cannot be moved. I think he's the second best one-day batsman in the world right now and I don't think you move him. And then two things. The first is Rahul opening. Firstly, I wouldn't want to change the opening combination because that's the one thing that you've got nailed over the last few years in the one-day team. And the second is, I still think T20 cricket and one-day cricket are different kettle of fish. Not sure if Rahul's done enough to make it into the one-day team. Again, arguably, he's not been given enough chances. I get that as well. But just seems to me that he still seems to have difficulty finding that that middle ground. And occasionally, you see that in test cricket, he'll block out, block out, block out, and then play a silly shot. So, so I don't know. I don't think as an opener. And on the basis of the whatever little evidence we've seen, four or five games, my pick for the middle order would be to fill in that slot in the middle order would be Sanju Samson. Interesting. Okay. I, I was imagining you saying Dinesh Karthik, not Sanjay Samson, but fair point. Possibly, uh, possibly, possibly Karthik as well, but but Samson. Yeah. And in fact, I think my, my view, I've, I've said it a couple of times, my view is quite uh, simple on this. I just feel that the team is not going to bring in new people when you've got already five or six bench strength for the middle order. So I would love to see Sanjay Samson play for India, but leading up to the World Cup, I'm not sure. And that's why I meant. Let me ask DJ. DJ, what do you think about the Rahul Rohit Sharma discussion? I mean, we spoke about this in South Africa, I think. And our issue was, where is the explosion coming in the middle order? We talked about the IPL. We've called all these big hitters, but they're all foreigners. And they're not Indian big hitters. And where are those guys coming from? Earlier in, in this uh, show, we've talked about Rishabh Pant being one of the big hitters. But we came to the conclusion that Rohit Sharma was the biggest hitter that India had. And therefore, if they need explosive power towards the end of the innings, he should move down the order and Rahul should open. Since then, Dinesh Karthik has played that innings. And he's been batting absolutely beautifully. I mean, the innings he played today, it was only 43. But some of those shots through the leg side were just, I mean, they were perfect. Splitting the gap, he's probably in the form of his life. So I would say he should, I mean, he should take the number four slot. He is the top contender at the moment. And contrary to what we spoke about maybe two, three months ago, I think Rohit Sharma, who's been a successful opener, has made a successful partnership with Shikhar Dhawan. It's probably too late to change that combination now for the World Cup. So we should stick with that and we should keep at four, maybe even five. And who, who would bat at four for India then? Dhoni. Dhoni is too slow. Dhoni is too slow. He's yeah, not but if he's slow for four, then he's too slow for lower down the order. No, but he's too slow for four, but he's okay for lower down the order if he gets out. Yeah, but I think, I think, I mean, I agree with Paul. I think Dhoni needs to bat at four, but uh, Ashwin, what are you, any, any thoughts from you? I would say T20s, yes. Rahul at the top of the order, fourth Rohit to, to move down like he does for Mumbai. Uh, ODIs agree with what's been said before. Rohit and Dhawan are too strong. Rahul maybe can slot into the middle order and move his way up over time. The one thing I will caveat is Rahul played 10 ODIs for India and averaged 35. So it wasn't out of the park, but it wasn't an average of 2021. 20, he lost his spot due to injury. He, you know, he, he got injured and lost his spot on the side. And it just so happened to be during the time when Dhawan, Rahane, Rohit were all at the peak of their game. So I, I think it's a little harsh to say in the opportunities he's got, he has hasn't shown the ability. I think we need to. We, we would be silly to be leaving him out of our 2019 consideration, but probably not as an opener. We've got yeah. an, a couple of uh, comments coming in on Facebook. Prakash Shahi Thakuri has asked, "What would it be like if Sandeep Lachmani played?" And 
This is obviously the Nepalese uh, spinner. Uh, may- maybe one of you can uh, answer that. Vijay, yeah, I have to jump in. Not one of us. We have a Nepali citizen with us on the show and who has told me about Lakshmi Mane earlier and how he wants him to play for Delhi. So, Pod, take it away. This is your question. Uh, so, I was I was mentioning this to Garg earlier. I don't think he's going to play now. I would love to see him play, but I think it all came down to the first couple of games of the season. That's what happened with Rashid Khan. Nobody expected him to play last year. Everybody thought, you know, he's been picked. Great experience. He can learn and go back home. Is the world's best bowler at this point in T20 cricket. But I don't think he's going to get to play. I would love to see him play. I've watched him bowl throughout the World Cup qualifiers, the pre-qualifying tournament, which in which Nepal was stood second. And he was highest or second highest wicket taker. Even in the qualifiers when Nepal didn't do too well, Nepal finished eighth. He was still very good. I think he's a great talent. I hope he plays. I don't think he will. Okay, and 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 we've got another question, and I don't know what what it relates to directly. Uh, but Swati Wig is asked, "What about the hole in the ozone layer? Let's focus on important things." I've just I've just had dinner with Swati and and told her I had to leave early because I had a, to do my video blog. So thanks, Swati, for the question, and here's a shout out to you. But you haven't answered her question still. I mean, the hole in the ozone layer, I think it's just there for a glorious cover drive, man. I think if you could pierce the gap. Right into outer space. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have one, one, one thought. It's something something I thought of once. Some people have talked about it. Wanted to get your opinion on it. Do you think the... What are your thoughts, rather, on allowing four international players plus an associate-level player in any eleven? I think, besides the fact that I would love to see a, a person or two from Nepal play, but I think beyond that... Even strategically, I think it would make a lot of sense for the BCCI because that in itself would be promoting associate cricket far more than anything that the the ICC has ever done. I don't know. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Four foreign nationals plus one associate foreign player, if you'd so like. Yeah. So I mean, let me just answer that quickly. I I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good idea, Paul. I think it there is a need to help these nations internationally, and the IPL is a good platform where the entire world standard will improve because let's face it every IPL team has at least one Indian player who's of substandard quality not every seven or uh, six or seven of them and when I say substandard I mean I what I wrong choice of words perhaps not good enough or perhaps not as good as some of the associate players yeah I think that the only the challenge is just that uh, how, how do how does the BCCI view it right because it is the Indian Premier League and these these players, while they may not be up to the international level or even the the IPL level that we're seeing, they're clearly good enough to make it to the playing eleven. So, in, yeah. a, in from that perspective, the BCCI is giving these Indian players a pie, uh, a kind of a platform. I think what's interesting is, look, I, I would honestly, I would love to see it. You see some great people, and Pod, I know you're a huge Afghanistan fan as well. You see some great people coming through, some of the best talent here today. So, I'm a big fan of it. I just think one has to think through how could you put it in. Yeah, and just to add on to what Varun said, it's it is the Indian Premier League at the end of it, and I mean, what interest does the BCCI have really in promoting that? I mean, the the four foreign players is to bring the big names and to bring the eyeballs to the game, right? The associate play, it's a nice idea. I mean, but you, I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but the BCCI isn't a big fan of spreading the world, uh, the the game around the world. It is when it suits its interests. Yeah, but why? Uh, the question for them would be, what what would they benefit from adding? an associate player and depriving perhaps an Indian player of the opportunity to represent his franchise. It's an interesting idea, but I think in practice it will be difficult because they'll just be counted as the four foreign players. And if they're great enough, like Rashid Khan, as you pointed out, Rashid Khan, Mujib, 
well, they're not no longer associate players anymore. Too. They're a test playing nation, and they're playing the next World Cup. For them to stand on their own, it's it's it. I think it's going to be a it's a hard sell for the BCCI, honestly. God, it almost felt like uh, this was an interview for you, and and you're always uh, told right when you go for an interview at the end, make sure you ask them a question. So well done, man. Thanks for asking <laughs> the question. Uh, so with that, we've come to the end of our show. Episode eight is done, guys. Please remember to watch our live video or the video that will be on our blog. Go to our website, check out our podcast, and generally, yeah, support us whenever you can. Let us know how we can make this better. So thanks, and look forward to catching up next week with more IPL topics and another special guest who will uh, support a different team. So look forward to that. Thanks, guys. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jayabachan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shahid Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi. Senior Ambassador of the TEDx Program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.